just going to make another adjustment. Is that better? Free hearing aids with PRSI at Specsavers. Music to your ears. Find out more online. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to my podcast. This is Gary Cook for the Senior Times. And today it is my pleasure to introduce a veteran broadcaster of radio and television, Marty Whelan. Marty is one of the most recognisable faces uh, on Irish television uh, and his career has spanned over 44 years, covering six decades. Isn't that something? Smooth as silk, grace under pressure, and dressed to kill. Marty Whelan, you are very welcome. You are very kind, and that's, um, I'm glad I wrote that for you earlier, Gary. It's, <laughs> it's turned out very well. Yeah, I don't actually <laughs> know who the, we're talking we, about. <laughs> who is that person? Okay. Crikey. Let's get straight to it. Okay. Uh, the, the, the present uh, moment, you are working as a, an ambassador for yes. Specsavers. So yeah. tell, us, tell us a bit about that. Well, it, as well it, it's funny because based on what you just said and how long I've been listening to whatever I've been listening to all these years, um, it seemed like a good fit. They came mm. and, and approached me and I was happy to be a part of this campaign. And really what they're about is, is saying to themselves, OK, uh, you've been listening to music all your life. You've been wearing headphones for the bones of 40 years frightening mm. and yet um, you seem to be able to hear what we're saying to you what's going on there so I'm happy to be uh, an ambassador for Specsavers on the basis that I do think whatever age you are but particularly when you've been around for a bit it might be no harm to go get it te- uh, checked yeah. and to see um, that you're okay first uh, hearing test I, I, I ever got was last week and um, all is well um, I can I can hear thank God, and I was I was in a way flabbergasted because I thought to myself, um, they'll find you know they'll find something. Mm-hmm. It's like anything, and I went into the little booth that they have and the Mister and Missus booth. I'd never done that before, and it turned out to be to be good. I have friends who don't who don't hear as well as they should. I have friends who don't seem to listen sometimes. Now there might be a reason for that, Sajir, but the the other reason the other reason is that they're not listening. The other reason is that maybe they're not hearing so well. And I have friends who. It's what what I have a couple of friends in particular, and yeah, I think you do need to to check yourself. And I'm lucky that I don't suffer uh, ill health. I haven't so far, thank God. Touch wood. But you know, um, so yeah, so I'm happy to to say yes. You, it's no harm that you have a go at this, and it's no harm to have yourself checked. So that's why I'm doing it. I noticed that in the the kind of literature about it that. Yeah, spec savers are talking about the idea that you know to normalize this conversation about hearing loss, and that a lot of people are very afraid yeah. to kind of talk about it. And, yes. and, and people don't seem to think that hearing loss is something that might happen to them, but it does. But it does, um, yeah. No more than no more than a change in your eyesight or a change yeah. in, in your gait or whatever it is. Uh, and and also the fact is that you can wear these little things now; no one even knows they're there mm. because people would think it's a sign I'm getting older. It's a sign of whatever. It's not. It's a sign that you need to have something to make sure you're still part of the conversation because mm. that's not a good idea not to be a part of the conversation. So I think on that basis, it makes total sense to me that uh, that you go and get yourself checked. Now, remember, I wouldn't have thought about it because I said to myself, I'm grand. But, you know, 40 years of the headphones, it's no harm to have it done. Sure. It's very strange. What's it's strange, Gary? I'll tell you what's strange. What's strange, Gary? Um, it's strange that if you say I can't read anything, I, I can't read that. 
Nobody seems to have an issue with it. Yes. But yeah. if you say you can't hear something, they, people immediately, it's a different kind of ball game. And yeah. I, I wonder why that is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that um, it, 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 it perhaps suggests that uh, age is creeping up on you, which is not mm-hmm. the case because you're going to talk to people who are in their 20s who have issues with hearing. So that's not, that's not the case. But maybe there's a sense that... You, you could be wearing glasses when you're very young, but you won't necessarily have a hearing yeah, aid. Yeah, sure. And maybe it's a sign of, of getting old. Maybe yeah. of getting older. But I don't... Uh, well, again, I would have no stigma if I needed to wear one, I'd be wearing one. I'd get your eyes fixed or, you know, mm. get whatever done. doesn't matter. As long as you're happy in yourself, you're able to do something, away with you. And are you uh, enjoying this campaign? I presume you are. Yeah, absolutely. Is of it, course. Is it yeah. working? Well, it works for, for me because it makes sense. It's like there's no point in me doing something that wouldn't uh, uh, fit into who I am and what I am. I'm listening to music in the car, in the house. I've been listening to it all my life. Um, I play drums badly at home when I get a chance, and I love mm-hmm. it. And, I've, and I, I've been playing drums since I was a teenager. Um, I'm not up to much, but I enjoy the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play the guitar. So music matters. Listening, but I listen to music all the time. You can imagine, like in the radio, people yeah. send you CDs still. Uh, and I listen to them in the car on the way home or whatever, and you discover whatever. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And it'd be at Spotify or the radio. Ra- music has been everywhere all my life. Really? So you grew everywhere. up in a musical household, did you? Oh, yeah. No, no. I grew up as the musical person okay. in the household. But my parents, no. My mother had, my mother loved uh, musical theatre. She loved all that. And she loved uh, the musicals and, and uh, light opera and stuff. Um, but just like me, she would go from light opera to Frank Sinatra. And that's where it comes from. Uh, my dad not particularly uh, bothered about it, but my mum, absolutely. So that's where the music comes from, uh, in my background. And that's, so I've always had that. Okay, so that was what it obviously attracted you to working, starting out yeah. in 78, yeah, well, well, Radio, I, Radio I, Dublin, wasn't it? Uh, Radio Dublin. Well, I'm one of the guys, uh, and I don't want to age you either, but I would think you might have similar memories of vinyl albums oh, and yeah. going round to your friend's house and listening to Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> and all that, <laughs> right. right? So all that, st- I, I can name the guys, Dosh and Seamus and Dermot, when we all sat in, in, in Seamus's house and we listened to Dark Side of the Moon when it came out. Like that's, you know, so there are memories that, that stick with you for life. You know, we had a friend who used to think, yes, we're an amazing band. And we'd all say no to annoy him. And you've all this, Deep Purple was my favourite band for yeah. years. So that's loud music. So all of that was linked in with all the other music that you that came your way. So, yeah. And then you suddenly discover James Taylor. You discover all. So it's all a blend. It's all a blend. Major uh, Dublin, yes. Sorry. Answer, yes. Um, and you're in the north side of Dublin, Colester, around that area? Oh, I'm Colester, yeah. 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 Oh, I'm I was far, far <laughs> way over in, in darkest inchy core over there. <laughs> I had a friend in PMPA. I worked in the PMPA for uh, a few years. Well, I turned up. I, I didn't work. Yeah, what did you do there? I, very little. I was uh, on the counter walking up and down with a file. Back in the day when you didn't have computers, you'd walk around a lot with a file. And that was, and then you'd disappear off. I'm just going to check this in the claims department. So you'd head off and you'd stroll back. And you did, we did very, I did very little work. Um, I loved the people. I didn't like particularly doing the work, but I loved the people. Uh, and I started in Pirate Radio. I had a great boss who let me off at lunchtime. True story, a man called Ender Giles. He let me off at lunchtime to go around the corner uh, and uh, do, this was when Big D started after Radio Dublin. And he allowed me to do the drive time show. So he gave me a half hour off. So I would do, get a half hour lunch instead of an hour. And that's how I, uh, I got into this thing. And by the way, the 
drive time at that stage, I presume you weren't doing uh, sort of current affairs or anything like that. No. Or were you? No. No, you only just bits and pieces from the paper. In other words, very diff- not very different from what I'm doing now. Um, but it, but it, it was pirate radio. There was no money in it. You did it because... I love doing it. Yeah. And you go to Stand the Man for your records and Dolphin Discs, or you go wherever. And, and, and that's how I met, you know, colleagues who, who became friends, people like Declan Meehan over the years, and all, and all these guys and Robbie Irwin, we'd all be doing the same thing, um, going in to get the latest records. Because, you know, no Spotify, no download, and you had to go in and physically get mm. the single to bring it to the radio station to play it. So, yeah, so great memories. So you used presumably go to a lot of gigs as well and all that kind now, of stuff. Then? Then, oh yes. Oh, well, yeah, 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 over the years. And, and you'd have your favourites and whatever. But uh, when you, again, remember, it was the stadium was the venue. Mm. The National Stadium was where you went uh, pretty much, or the... Or the uh, SFX? The SFX, that's right. That, that was, um, I remember going to gigs there around the that's early right. 80s. I saw right. like on the Buddy Man, the Smiths, you too. ABC. Played at ABC. ABC. Indeed. Who played a special kids' show as well. Yeah, yeah. did they? Oh. They did. They played an early show for younger fans. And Mr. Fry was there in his incredible suits. and uh, That's right. So classy. But yeah, so we would go to the stadium. I remember seeing Dara Straits in the National oh, Stadium. Right. Um, Callaghan and Lyle, one of my great favourites. So, yeah, so you blend all that in with whatever else you do or whoever else you are. I remember Paddy Egan telling a story about, um, I think it was a Steve Miller band, I think it was, and they came over and uh, they went into, they were playing here, and they went to, you showed them <laughs> to the stadium. Some guy says, uh, so uh, where's the actual venue? They <laughs> <laughs> thought this was a little, a little recording. Kind of that's little all there was. We didn't have anywhere else. Um, when you think about it, there was nowhere else. Okay, so you went to work in RT seventy nine. Yes, so that must be an exciting. Serious now? Well, that mm. must have been an exciting time. Yeah, very it, exciting. I mean, very exciting. It, it was a monoculture up to that point in Ireland. That's right. That's right. So now you've got a pop station. Yeah, officially. I mean, officially, and there were people who would have been there already. Um, think about Brendan Balfe and Larry, God bless him, mm. and um, and Vincent Annie, God bless him mm. as well. So you had various people who were, and, and Jimmy Greeley, they were already in there, and then we came from the outside. Um, Dave, Fanning, myself, um, Declan Meehan, uh, Jerry Ryan. There was about uh, Ian Dempsey eventually, but there was there was about half a dozen of us or seven or eight of us arrived at the beginning. And what was that like to work in? It was incredibly ex- exciting, but yeah. like we, we were, you know, there would have been a certain amount of f- fellas frowning at us, looking down on their noses at, at us and going, "Who are these chaps now? Come in here!" And they'd be they'd be less than delighted to see you because. Uh, we, we would have been the young ruffians coming in the door, you can Although imagine. it was a corporate strategy to yes. have a pop radio station yeah. called 2FM, Correct. which required yeah. younger people. It did. But that's, not, I know, listen, I've been in RT many times. Yeah. I know so the disapproving been, looks. There would have been the disapproving looks. But equally, um, somebody had to run it. So various people were running it and, and, and they were there clearly with the best of intentions. So they knew what we were about. But then you would go and you would be... Uh, Regaled by, by, by Gay Barn, by Mike Murphy. These people who got what we were didn't see us as a threat, saw us as an extra thing um, and were very kind to us. And I remember with great clarity the kindness of people like Mike Murphy and Gay who were just very, very open about the fact that we were this different thing and welcomed us because they too, in their past, had been in the GPO. But I was in small trousers or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used yeah. to wear small trousers once. 
Um, Gay Byrne is actually one of the, the, the people I met uh, over the years who I was incredibly <laughs> excited to meet. It yeah. really was a big deal when he, I was an alias Tom in 1998. And he yeah. recognized me, this is his daughters. He recognized me and he just started laughing and he started going, <laughs> well done, well done. It was all that stuff. And I was really, really, was I was really excited by that. I really yeah. was. Yeah. But he, well, I mean, that, the recognition for anyone to get from Gay Byrne, who, let's face it, was always at the top of his game. It was always number one mm. he was very special he was a, he, like he, you know okay there was Parkinson and BBC or whatever you know you'd think about Johnny Carson in the States Gay was the living embodiment of what we all you know hope to do and be and achieve so for him to do that with you was a nod in your general direction to say hello and hello son hello son and that was his way, but he was a gentleman. He was a special. I, I got the feeling he was a he was a, a, a genuine. He uh, was very genuine. Nice man who yeah. who didn't who, who was on on your side. Yes, he was. He, he, he wanted the best out of yeah. you because he knew that if because if he was engaging with you, we'll say professionally, the better you were. His argument would be the better the whole thing is. So it was a very he's a very good person. Uh, although I worked with a, with a woman who uh, had been on his uh, his radio team and. Uh, the kind of no her the late late team at one oh, point right. and and she was saying, you know those meetings uh, on the Monday morning after the late late show they were like you know uh, nothing personal it was just mm. what about this what about that why didn't yeah. this happen why didn't that happen what are we doing here that's right and all so you got the feeling of an absolute professional but he was as producer well. as well you say of course yeah, that's yeah. the thing mm. so the who what where when why on a Monday mm. uh, was legendary. I suppose that's fair enough too because and don't forget um, it was his job to make sure that the show was as good as it could be absolutely and it was so you know the Late Late Show of those days of course was incredibly exciting because Mm. it was it was also dealing with you know serious social issues and And we didn't know who'd be on it uh, sure we didn't know who'd be on it but the the people nowadays you know you could hear that somebody's on it and you go well who actually are they I don't know who they are whereas in those days if you heard, you know, Peter Ustinov is going to be on or, you know, Archbishop Desmond Tutu is going to be on. or So it was like, you yeah. know, really, really. Well, it was almost sudden. like Hollywood came to Dublin. It was oh, it yeah. was quite, quite astonishing. Um, and I have memories of seeing Peter Sellers on it with, with Spike Milligan. Absolute mayhem. But that's yeah. what it should have been, you know. I think Spike arrived, I think, in a Nazi helmet. Um, unfortunate use of the, the phrase at the moment, but, but what's going on. But it, but, but that's the sort of humour that they that they employed. And it was absolutely crazy. And you're right, Peter Ustinov would regale the audience. Mm. And I, I'm sure Gay never wanted him to go because you could listen to him all night and all these stories and whatever. And uh, these guys were, these guests were amazing. Audrey Hepburn is yeah. another one I remember. Terrific. Absolutely, everybody, everybody was on, and also the social issues and the stuff, yes. and people who were scandalised by the idea. Doctor Alan Stanway had a the joy of sex uh, videos, and he That's was right. talking about this stuff. Do you remember that? <laughs> was, and of course, the the audience was laced with people who would be really anti that as well. That's and right, and that was how. That and then you had the bomb Warriors. was going yeah, off. That's right, and you had Annie Murphy, and you had all of that with oh, the bishop, yes. and you had yeah. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Visit doro.ie. Make friends with innovation. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. 
So you uh, became a big, very well known face, a pretty big star in in the nineteen eighties. In my own mind. Well, well, I knew you were in my mind too. I well, there you are. Um, um, so, so, but but we, you see, I don't know if we knew that uh, in in a way. Some of us might have. I don't know if we knew. We knew that what we were doing was having an impact because at the time, it it was the only obviously the only national music station we were DJs we were uh, fated we were in the RTU guide we were in the papers whatever whatever um, and for a while um, it was like that mm. and you were doing discos down the country and they were you know huge you would go to a, a, a ballroom and I'm talking about a ballroom with in the middle of, of a field and you would suddenly find that within two hours there might be 15 or 1600 people in this in this ballroom um, and there was no drink there was just dancing and madness uh, and that was great but it only lasted a short while people forget it only lasted a few years and then that was gone but yeah initially it was it was it was crazy but it was brilliant Tony Fenton told me all about that and uh, various other I don't believe well. a word of it. <laughs> the great, the great late man. And yes. so I wanted just... <laughs> These fellas are having a great time. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was parking the car. I was parking the car, yeah. indeed. So um, I was going to ask you, so you were, uh, by the late 70s, or late 80s, you were a very established um, and Have quite you a lot of tape on this one? I, I don't, not a lot. There's, there's nothing riding on this answer other than my own curiosity, because yeah. I've been in a similar situation. Which? So, well, you um, went from RT to, to Century Radio. Yes, and, and That was, okay. But at the time, what drove you to do that? Um, what drove me to do that was, well, firstly, I'd been in 2FM for 10 years. Um, at that stage, I had the radio show. I also had, I was working at nights, which didn't thrill me. I was working at 10 wow. o'clock at night, but it wasn't thrilled. And which meant that uh, my wife was at home and that isn't, um, isn't great. So that was, that was, a, that was an issue. Um, I, had, I had three television shows at the time. Can you mm. believe that? And I... Uh, was Open House one of them? The no, 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 it wasn't was there then. It was a video file where I interviewed uh, various pop stars over mm. the years and we'd played videos I mean very much part of the MT, MTV MTUSA mm. uh, uh, structure so we, we had that I did a fashion show that's called Head, Head to Toe, toe with yeah. uh, Mary O'Sullivan yeah, the great Mary O'Sullivan yeah. from Sunday Indo and uh, Francis Duff and um, and Where in the World do you remember that's the game right. show Where in the World on Sunday night and the crew used to call it Why Are We Here um, but that was uh, and then <laughs> Teresa Lowe took on that mantle that's when, right. I, when I left yes. so, so I had all that going on yeah. and I took a punt Um there are two words, uh, I'm careful now, there are two words as to why I took that punt in the end. And the two words are Terry Wogan, who yeah, had a huge influence. And he had a huge influence uh, in terms of, of who I was and, and what I did. Um, he's had a huge influence on my career anyway. Um, but I, I was mad about him. And, 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 and we met and he talked to me about the idea uh, and this great idea that they had. And Oliver Barry, if you remember. I do. Yeah. And Oliver was the was, was, was on the authority in RTE. And he also went out there and, and, and he was the, the founder of this. And the idea was that um, it would be an alternative station. They said to me, look, this is going to be, we think, uh, really something. And the old story, if you're in at the beginning, that's the time to be there. Mm. I wasn't a share. I wasn't a shareholder. I had no business dealings. I mean, I was. They a, had money, I, or they had the certainly they, the appearance of money. They did, but I was just a hired hand. I had no counterpart in in the running of it, except I was going to be brought in to do what I did. But they did try to get Gay Byrne as well. They like did try to get Gay Byrne and Marion. God rest yeah. the pair with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it and it didn't happen. They they sadly didn't get to the stage. I I must have stopped them uh, from offering me uh, that inducement because it never came. I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, I you am surprised too, in hindsight. But that's hindsight. Um, 
But then if you think about it, we ended up on the radio. I had John Saunders of Fleischmann Hilliard Saunders on the show. Uh, Dave Harvey mm-hmm. was with me and Catherine Marr. And it was that kind of zoo radio. And that's what we did. So I took a punt. Yes, I took a punt. Was it wise? Yeah, you can say no. What you think? Well, in that it's it, very it, hard to know. It uh, didn't work out. No. Uh, that, so, so of course, if it had worked out, then it would have been <laughs> the right decision. Yeah. So, so, and yet it seemed at the time, and we are told yeah. subsequently that it had a very decent and respectable listenership. Mm. Uh, but they wanted to own uh, Capital Radio were coming in from London. They wanted to own fifty-one percent of it, and at the time you couldn't. So, bye bye, Birdie, and that was the end of it, and the shock of of it dying. Okay, so, so when it did die. That must have been like you. Do you? You were married. Got married in August. I was eighty-five, and you had children. It's like you were there, right? Um, well, <laughs> well, Gary, it's funny you should say that because yes, I did. feel the same thing myself yeah. all the time. I'm going, where is the money coming That's from? Right. I've got these mouths to feed, yeah, and, you I'm, it. and you we, know. Got, we got we we got married in, in, in August eighty-five. Our, our little girl arrived in nineteen ninety, uh, so she was about a year old mm. or whatever when century went. So when that happened. We were in a, a very strange place because you, you do sit there and think, have I bought my bridges? What am I going to do here? And it's like anything. And it's interesting, the people that you're doing this for, you know, when you think about, you look back and, you you know, it's always very easy to be clever in hindsight. And you look back and think, why didn't you do this? So why didn't you ring so-and-so? Why? The fact remains, I had taken a, a punt, I had taken a decision. Mm-hmm. So you go with it and you hope it's going to work. I lost all my TV shows when I left. So you, so there was a, that was something I wasn't necessarily aware of in advance. So anyway, that happens. So you do that, and then you you see, you know, a clever man, a cleverer man would have realised that was most likely. But you know, so it took all that to to. But anyway, look, in the end of the day, when it when it died, it was scary beyond. Mm. I sure signed on, Gary. Signed on. I had to because we had no income. Um, oh, yeah. and that's the deal I've been there yes. yeah yeah, you know what I'm talking about I do so know what you're talking deal. about you say well what do I do I have to survive how are we going to do this and what are we going to do because there's no one asking you to come down and open a nightclub or do a, open a shopping centre mm. there's nobody the phone's not ringing and you know not everyone in my position in, in terms of what I do for a living have gone through this the idea and again um, not to bring you down to my level, but we both understand what this means. When the phone doesn't ring... I've been brought ring, up to your level. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking uh, about. I do. It's that it moment. It is terrifying. It is terrifying because you're, you, you're trying to figure out, as I said, have you burnt bridges? And also, how do you get back on this on this game? How do you get back into this? And how did you? I would, through good people. And you mentioned one of them, Gay Byrne, and, uh, and Moya Doherty, who was producing at the time. And the telethon was on. And... Um, they, they, they got in touch with me and asked me would I present a cheque to Gay from behind a door. As I, I was gone, I, I had nothing to do with RT. It was just a, ah, is it yourself? And Gay did that for me. And Moya Doherty did it for me. Uh, she, as I say, she was a producer at the time. I thought it was an incredible thing to do. Uh, and slowly but surely things started to happen. And, and when you think about it, had I stayed, I've often asked myself the question, would I have ended up with all the lottery shows I've done? Would I have ended up with the Rosa Tralee for six years? Would I have ended up doing various things? You, it's very hard to know. But the fact remains that it, slowly but surely I got I got back. A great man called Noel Smith who was running daytime and I ended up on 12 to 1 with Sienna Campbell, Mary Kennedy then and Open House. Yeah. Internet. So these things started to happen. And the lottery show fame and fortune came in. And now hopefully winning streak when it comes back, please God. So you started to build and build and build. But I wasn't on radio. 
that took a long time. I'm sure it did. Well, once once you you kind of burn bridges in that way, or you, you whether you think you've burnt them or not, they might think you've burnt them, and it mm. takes a long time to go. But it's quite an extraordinary story, I think, because um, very interesting. Because because I don't know too many people who have kind of fallen foul of that of RT and come back and made a really big yeah. success of it. But, but you see, I think I think the, the, the issue here is that we, we say RT, and I understand that. But sometimes it's about individuals. Uh, yeah. And when you realise, but again, hindsight, but when you realise after the fact that it's about individuals, but there are other individuals who have a completely different approach. In television, they had no issue at all about the fact that I had gone. And therefore, uh, Lee Miller's a name that springs to mind. These are people, David Blake Knox, I'm, I'm throwing out names, but they're coming back to me as we talk. And these are fine people who said, hang on a second. We're not interested. That doesn't matter to us. What matters is that you have a talent. We think you're 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 up to this, and and here's a position. And that's how I slowly but surely made my way back, and and, and now thankfully on radio. It must have required a certain degree of nerve from you as well, and you yeah. had to make sure that you were really good when you, which you are good, but but you had to make sure you really delivered then. And yeah, that must well, have you been did. A bit of a yeah, absolutely. Too. And also, also the fact is, I'm trained for nothing. So as a result of that, what was join I my club? What was I going to do? I can't <laughs> hang up. I can't hang up a picture on the wall. So I'm, I'm not good at all that stuff. I'm, I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite good at pretending I'm good at it. But I'm, I'm, I'm also very comfortable doing what I, what I do in our business. So I love what I do, um, and I, 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 I hope I, I just bring me to. The table. That's all I have, and 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 I. But I. But I bring a belief that if I'm talking to somebody, doing an interview with somebody, be it this side of the mic or yours, I want to know. I really do want to have a conversation, and I really do love music, so I want to do that. And that's why I think uh, when I was on Winning Streak, for example, because I love that idea of of. I don't want to call it real television. That sounds ridiculous. But it's where people come in. Uh, they're not used to TV. You're having a bit of crack with them. They're going off with a smile on their face at the end of it. How good is that? I think it's great. And it's very Irish and very us. Awesome. Mm. So I'm I'm fortunate that they're the areas that I have I have gone to and seem to have worked for me. My missus absolutely loves um, Winning Streak. Does she? And is always trying to get on it. Yes. And hasn't managed yet. No. Um, well, when the microphone's off, we can discuss no. <laughs> this. <laughs> I, the, one thing, the one thing I would say is the prizes are very generous. They are. The money ratchets up very quickly. Does yeah, yeah. The money, the money is very good. I mean, nobody generally has left with less than about fifteen, sixteen grand, yeah. which is, which you know, tax free can change someone's life. Oh, yeah. And let's not fool ourselves here. Like it's very, very good money. Um, okay, they're all playing for half a million. That's fine. But the money that they make as they go is always solid. Plus, no one's winding anybody up. We're having crack with them. My attitude always has been: you laugh with them. And, and never at people you laugh with people because mm. we have fun on the programme and you try to make people feel at ease you have five people they've never been on TV before they've no idea sometimes what's ahead of them they know it's telly but then their family come in and they're half shot that's the trick and they're waving <laughs> banners and they're all gone and that's great fun and you know buses arrive I mean it's buses this is Rosa Trilly stuff I've seen it the, but yeah so the buses arrive and, and, and in everybody piles and it's just great fun and great television I don't know if it would work anywhere else Gary I don't know if it would I mean in other countries because we're small enough that you might know somebody on it there's a vibe and, and I think we like to see people do, do well out of things like this plus the lottery is part of 
part and parcel of who we are, I suppose, after all these years. You seem to get on very well with Sinead. Oh, she's grateful. Uh, so, so she's very easy to... Now, I have a very lucky... As a matter of interest, what is it like if you're pre- presenting with somebody that, that, you know, there's a bit of tension in the I air? I can't imagine. I mean, there was that, wasn't there that thing years ago with... Um, um, uh, uh, spoiler alert here was it Eamon Holmes didn't he have some wasn't there some issue there back in the day on Sky or something I can't remember remember if it's in the papers it has to be true Gary of course um, it's but, true so I can't I can't tell you whether it is or not but I mean I've look at I was working with Mary Kennedy I mean mm-hmm. please I'm working with uh, with Sinead Kennedy and they're not related um, <laughs> only you only work only with work Kennedy. Kennedys <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very lucky that I got to work with people who are good, good heads that there's no you know, no, and the other thing too is if you're going to work with somebody, then you have to be, there has to be a generosity. Yeah, uh, and I know you know that from your past uh, on, on, on television and all the things you've done. If you don't have someone who's equally prepared to let you in, then it's over because the, the, the viewer or listener knows fairly quickly what's going on here. So, I, you know, so I have that. I'm very lucky that uh, the people I've worked with over the years, Sienna Campbell would be the same. I was always very lucky with those uh, on TV that it just worked, you know. I Jerry May as well, I want to mention Jerry. Oh, Jerry May. Poor Jerry I never remember. gets a mention. She was, and she was terrific right, as well. She was great. She was a very yeah. nice woman. She was, well. Absolutely, and still is. I was going to ask you about... Um, about the Eurovision, oh, okay. Yes. Now the Eurovision Song Contest. I don't obviously. know what I can do for you, Gary, but send in the song and <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a, a bear outfit. And I, I'm singing. <laughs> Great. The lizard Dustin outfit. Dustin will actually. be livid. And uh, yeah. so now, when we were growing up, it was a big, big mm. thing, and I know it's still a big thing, but it's a big thing in a slightly different way. So, yes. Do you? Get, I mean, what's your take on it now? Well, the first thing about the, the Eurovision Song Contest is to realise that there is no formula. Uh, you know, for years, people would write us letters and send us in ideas about, well, do you know what you should do? And, like, everyone knows what we should do, except we don't. No one knows. Uh, the fact is, the song that won last year, um, I, dr- I dare anyone to hum it. You have no chance. The, one, the song that won for Italy, it's just, you know. Um, but it, it won because somehow or other, Lordy, the fellas dressed up as, as, as mad Vikings or whatever. They won, and you think, why, what... But I know when Lordy were on, my son, who was obviously a young boy at the time, thought it was the best thing he'd seen in the year. So he wanted, he voted for that at home. That's what it is. This year we're sending a little young one from Derry and she is a bundle of energy. She could do it, but she's very different. The fact is there is no formula. Our problem is that we have to get out of a semi-final. If you're France, Britain, Germany, uh, who's the other ones? France, Britain, Germany. Anyway, there's five of them. Let them off. Uh, Spain and the other one. Oh, and the country that's won, obviously. They have a... They're in immediately, so we're not. So we have to get out of a semi-final. On the basis, you must get out of a semi-final. If you don't, then we're gone. We're sent home again. Uh, no game. We're not in the, in the in the World Cup. So we have to be in the, fi- semi, in the final. But do you think the quality is still there in the yeah. way that it was in the 70s? Yeah, the you song do. That won the, is it a serious songwriter's thing? Well, it is because the song that won for Portugal uh, three years ago became an international hit right across the world. And uh, don't forget, a lot of the emerging nations and with all that's going on at the moment, we know what's uh, out there presently, with a, a lot of the emerging nations, they take it terribly seriously. Now, we take it seriously too, but we, we also know that it's fun. It's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a laugh. And it is a laugh and it's great crack. But it's also very seriously taken by, by every country that takes part. So we're serious about getting into it and doing it. But when... The, the thing is on. It's four hours of television, mm. Gary. Now, I, I, I put it to you. After about the sixth song, 
you'd start to get. And by the 16th song, you're beginning to lose the will to live. So it is, it is a long <laughs> night, but it's crack and it's fun. And people, you know, if people are still having parties about this. So obviously it still has a, an attraction. Can I ask you, Marty, and after your, you know, hugely successful career, uh, I don't want to use the word after, alleged, during your alleged, alleged, uh, alleged successful career, hmm. uh, you're still very much in employment. So what is your plan? What, what do you want to do? I want to keep doing what I do. I mean, I'm waiting to see uh, what the winning streak situation is. It is my hope that it comes back. It's two years gone because of COVID. Um, it is it is hoped that it will return. So we wait. Um, and I've done various bits and pieces of TV over the last while. But I'm on the radio every morning. And I love it. And if you can do that, and uh, for as long as I want to and they want me to, and so far so good, then that's what I want to do. I just want, I want to keep doing what I'm doing on the way. I love it in the mornings. I love it. The fact that I can be on Lyric and go from John Prine to Verdi, I think is, how good can that be for a music lover? Well, it certainly sounds like a great gig. I yeah. listen to it frequently and think, why can't I get his job? Well, uh, because you, I won't go anywhere <laughs> is why you can't get my you job. You must have seen a few sharks over the over the years of people who, who kind of, uh, you know, would take your eye out for a gig. But, you'll al- but there'll always be that. And there mm. will always be that. Um, and that that applies to TV as well as radio. And we, we you know that. Um, the point is, um, and I've learned this over the year, the important thing from time to time is to sleep with management. I think that's very important. <laughs> uh, the important thing, the important thing, you have to say to yourself, do you know what? Um, I think I'm good enough because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for a while and it, it seems to work. And don't be afraid. And th- people sometimes don't do this don't be afraid to go and have a meeting with someone and say do you know what how do you think we're doing I know sometimes people think that's kind of a red a red flag I think sometimes you have to say well, how are we doing here because sometimes if it's going grand they'll leave you until some other smart aleck arrives so it's important sometimes to make sure I'm talking about management to make sure that we're all on the same hymn sheet now someone's going to find fault with this mm-hmm. that's fine but in general if it's, so w- the direction we're going is what it should be. You know, I will go from Perry Como, as I said, to Bruce Springsteen, but they're hand-picked. You can't just, you know. Mm. But as long as it is that, uh, within that, then, obviously, you can play Rachmaninoff and you can play uh, Puccini or whatever, as long as it's all that, and Van, my great love. Uh, so as long as you can do that um, and have fun with it, and they're sending me jokes and food and whatever, that, it's great crack. It's jokes and food. Jokes and food. <laughs> what else do I want? What? And the odd drink on a Friday. That sounds, Jokes and Food sounds like jokes a, and food a, a, um, food and a Talking Heads album. It actually. does. <laughs> great David Byrne. Yeah. Uh, is there anything left, though, that you want to do that you haven't done? Well, everybody who ever works in television always says, oh, I'd love to do the travel show. But, like, if I want to go away, I can go away. Yeah. Um, we do we do a trip every year. Um, and I, Well, we're back doing it this year uh, on the show, which is where we take some people to an opera in Italy, uh, which is fantastic. We're going to tour the Lago, oh. and that's gorgeous, uh, which is where Puccini lived. And we go there, and we have uh, a travel department, and we have a, a lovely uh, evening. Uh, and we go, and we do that for a few nights. And that's great fun. And look, at and that came out of the programme. So, you know, we're evolving all the time. So it's, 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 it's loving what you do. It's getting up in the morning with a smile on your face. And from once you have the shower, you're up. And you, then you have a, and I have, like I have the breakfast in the morning. I'm, my morning starts when I'm up. So I have a normal morning. And, you know, and then you play the day, whatever way you play it. So I'm very, I'm very fortunate. I have two final questions for you. That's perfectly fine. One yes, is, and maybe. How, did you, how did you feel about being impressioned in Apre Match 
did that bother you at all? Well, well, people will always say you've arrived. Yeah. Um, so, so there was an element of you've arrived, and Oliver Callan has now started. Oh, has he? Yeah, yes. good. Uh, yeah. So I didn't mind in the slightest. Um, uh, my thing always about something like that is you always, and you know me, Gary, over the years, I'm like I'm, I'm quite thick-skinned. I don't mind, but if someone does something hurtful, that would be a different thing. But you guys, with respect, you weren't hurtful. You were having the crack, and to me, you know, you put on the funny mustache and away you go. That's fine. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, and so uh, you are forgiven your sins, I'm forgiven. Child. Thank you very Not much. I, 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 I love being forgiven. I uh, wish well, I, I wish I was Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. I, I, well, you know. I, I wish I'd yeah. been able to just be forgiven. Um, so it's self, it's self forgiveness or Father uh, yes. Marty Whelan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Yeah.